Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downing. Welcome to Light the Lamp here on Duck Stream from the Paul Korea studio. I am your host, Alexis Downey. It's good to be back and get ready for the rest of this regular season because the countdown is on. There is officially less than a month left of the NHL regular season. April 14th is the final day of it with the majority of teams finishing up, though, on Thursday the 13th. Now, this is a crucial time for teams who are in the race for the wild card spots. And then also, in a way, the teams who are at the bottom and looking ahead for the future of their franchises. The NHL did announce some key dates, so let's take a look at some of those, beginning with Monday, April 17th. That will be the start of the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs. Monday, May 8th, mark your calendars because that is the NHL draft lottery. That's an important one, so keep your eye out for that night. Saturday, June 3rd, the tentative start date for the Stanley Cup final. And then looking ahead a little bit, Monday, June 26th will be the NHL awards, and those are going to be in Nashville, Tennessee at Bridgestone Arena. Also, the place for this year's NHL draft, which will also be that week, June 28th, the start of that, and then the rounds two through seven on June 29th. So certainly a lot to look forward to. And I know those dates seem really far away, but they're going to come up much quicker than you may think. In addition to that, let's look at where the Ducks are at, and they've got a lot of hockey coming up at Honda Center now. Anaheim's long eight-game homestand began on Sunday night with the Nashville Predators in town. Now, the Ducks played a come-from-behind game in this one, ultimately tying it up late thanks to a goal from Mason McTavish, but they did fall in overtime 5-4. to four. So let's dive into this game with more in AD's takeaways. The team really fought back in the final frame in this game and showed a lot of resilience. We've seen that a lot throughout the season, but in this game in particular, it was really on display. They continue to just play good hockey, maybe not in that first period, but the second period, they came out hot, putting a lot of pucks on net, and they just got it going. Cam Fowler, he's someone that stood out to me in recent games. He had a three-point night with three assists. He's just been a steady presence on the back end, especially in the last stretch of 15 or so games. He's had 11 assists in his last 10 games, and he's been contributing. I mean, looking at that number alone, you could tell he's contributing, but he's also spending a lot of time on the ice. And that certainly helps as well. He now has 41 points total this season, nine goals and 32 assists. Macy McTavish, I already mentioned it, but he scored the tying goal late and he would go on to have two goals in this game. He now has eight points in his last seven games. And then looking at the end of this Ducks versus Predators games, it was sort of an odd ending. They didn't really review the goal that the Predators had for offsides because it happened so quickly. So it just sort of ended. And I think fans were a little confused. The players didn't really get off the ice very quickly, but ultimately the goal stood and Nashville would get the end result that they were hoping for as they continued to work towards that playoff spot. So then moving ahead to today, the Ducks announced on Wednesday, that's today, that they signed center Nikita Nestorenko to a two-year entry-level contract. He will be reporting to Anaheim. 
So he completed his season at Boston College just recently, and he had 34 points in 36 games as a junior. He co-led the team in assists with 21 of them this year, and he also ranked second on the team in points. Now, Nestorenko was acquired from Minnesota as a part of the John Klingberg trade that happened back on March 3rd at the deadline, and he's a Brooklyn, New York native. I'm excited to see what Nestorenko will bring in this Final stretch of games coming off his NCAA hockey season. So now let's widen the picture to look at the entire NHL and go coast to coast with goal calls from around the league. Beginning with Monday night's game, the Buffalo Sabres and Toronto Maple Leafs taking on each other. Alex Tuck had a two goal night for the Sabres, scoring his 29th and 30th goals of the season as a part of their four to three win over Toronto. Dylan Cousins also had a two-point night for the Sabres in their crucial win for that team. And it was on the first goal for Tuck where Tage Thompson shuffled a backhanded pass to Tuck in front of the net, who put it past Toronto's Matt Murray. Buffalo is now just five points out of the second wildcard spot in the East and fighting with a number of teams. WGR 550 AM has the call of Tuck's first goal. Tage Thompson waits for it. Jake McCabe marking him. Thompson in front for Tuck scores. What a pass from Tage Thompson. And welcome back, Alex Tuck. This game is tied at two apiece with 16-21 remaining in the third period. Then moving ahead to Tuesday night, two teams in the East squaring off as a part of ESPN's first ever Big City Greens Classic animated game. The New York Rangers taking on the Washington Capitals. This was pretty cool that the NHL wanted to try this out. Definitely something different we haven't seen happen in hockey yet. Now, New York took the 5-3 to three win at Madison Square Garden, and Mika Zibanejad had a two-goal game as a part of it. And then a big storyline in this one, Patrick Kane netting his first goal as a Ranger in the first period on a power play. The Rangers now have 86 points in the Metropolitan Division, and they seem to be locked in in their playoff spot. MSG Radio Network has the call of Kane's goal. Lafreniere, Trocek, back to Fox. Fox straight away to Kane, creeps up, fires a shot and scores! Patrick Kane on the power play. It's three to one. Also on Tuesday, the Columbus Blue Jackets took a six to five overtime win over the San Jose Sharks at the SAP Center. And it was a big night for Johnny Gaudreau, who tied the team point record in a single game with five points, two goals and three assists for him on the night, including the overtime winner four minutes and 17 seconds into overtime. Now, the Blue Jackets will be the Ducks' next opponent after they complete their game against the Islanders tonight at Honda Center. You can hear the call of the overtime winner from Bob McElligot of WBNS 97.1, The Fan. Down to a minute remaining in the overtime period. And here comes Eric Carlson again. And he gave it away, and here comes a 2-on-0. Patrick Laine and Johnny Gaudreau down the ice. Gaudreau to Laine, to Gaudreau, to Laine, and he is stopped. Line A takes it behind the net, gets it to Gaudreau, and he roofs it for the score! And I got two words for you. Game over! Johnny Gaudreau puts the exclamation point on his night as he's able to beat Capo Kokkinen with 43 seconds left in overtime to give the Blue Jackets a 6-5 win here tonight. 
And last up on Tuesday night, I feel like I've talked about him so much this season already, but we're still going to talk about him because now he has reached a milestone. The Edmonton Oilers and Ottawa Senators taking on each other and Connor McDavid now has 129 points this season after he had a goal and assist as a part of this game. And then his teammate, Leon Dreisaitl, had two goals in this one as well. And he became the second player to reach the 100-point mark this season, of course, joining his teammate in McDavid. Now, this was the fourth time in Dreisaitl's career that he has reached 100 points. Between the two of them, they were the first two players to reach the 100-point mark last season. And then now they've done it again this season. Now, this marked only the second time in NHL history that the same teammates were the first two players to 100 points in consecutive seasons. Listen to the call of McDavid's goal from Ched Radio, 6.30 a.m. It hits Kane, now through the middle to McDavid, looks towards the empty net, shoots, scores! There's the record. Connor McDavid makes it 6-3. Connor McDavid has now registered the most points in the season since 1995-96. That is crazy. A couple of other pieces of NHL news on some players recently. Arturi Lekkanen will be out four to six weeks for the Colorado Avalanche with a broken finger. He injured it during the second period in the Avs game against Montreal on Monday. Now Colorado has dealt with a number of injuries all season long. So something that they're used to and using their depth, but certainly a blow for the team. Another player that will be out for some time, Andrei Svechnikov. He will be out the remainder of the season for the Carolina Hurricanes due to a knee injury. This is a really big blow for the Hurricanes for their hopes in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. The forward will be having reconstructive surgery on his right ACL on Thursday this week. Now, he had 55 points in 64 games this season, and his injury came in the second period versus the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday. Like I said, just a really big blow to the team. And they're also already without winger Max Pacioretty, who is out indefinitely with a torn Achilles that happened back in January. So the Canes not catching a break as they get into this final stretch. But let's get back to some Ducks hockey now ahead of Wednesday night hockey happening at Honda Center tonight. We welcome on Alan Furing now to preview where the New York Islanders are at as they hang on to a wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. Take a listen. Joining us now on Light the Lamp is play-by-play broadcaster as a part of the New York Islanders organization, Alan Furing. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're probably a little bit tired coming off a of back-to-back, but how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to, to be on today. Um, yeah, we're broadcasting these games from the New York City studios. So uh, the game last night in Los Angeles was 730 um, on the Pacific uh, coast and here 1030 Eastern. So it was a late night and then got up early to start working on Anaheim today. But uh, it's been fun. I wouldn't have it any other way. Are you a coffee guy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> got it right here. It's like my third, third cup. Already. Yeah, you're definitely going to need that to stay awake. <laughs> yeah, the, the coffee machine in the hotel was broken. Mm. And I about had a panic attack. So I walked <laughs> down the street. And, I mean, there's 30 coffee shops in a half mile radius. So mm. it, uh, it worked out. So one of the unique things about you is you're actually a part of the American Hockey League, Bridgeport Islanders. And then you're 
also the fill-in broadcaster for the NHL club. So how have you been juggling those duties this season? Yeah, I mean, it's been tough. It's been fun, but it's a lot of work, you know, bouncing back and forth. Thankfully, um, you know, a lot of guys that are on the New York Islanders now I had in Bridgeport when they mm -hmm. first started out. So, you know, that that's helped a lot just as far as broadcasting games go. Um, you know, I do so much as far as, um, you know, behind the scenes work for the Bridgeport Islanders. So very time consuming on that end. But, uh, you know, again, I, it's what I signed up for. It's a lot of fun, you know, calling games at the American League level is a, a dream in, in a sense. And then getting a a call to the National Hockey League several times this year has just been, uh, again, a, a dream come true. And so thankful how it's played out so far. You mentioned being able to see the development of some of the guys at the lower level than moving up to the NHL level. Do you have an example of anyone in particular that you've been able to watch make that jump or at least play a couple games with the Islanders this season on the uh, NHL level? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um a lot of guys. I mean, I, I've been in Bridgeport now for seven years. Mm -hmm. So over that span, I've seen, you know, more than a handful. Um, Adam Pellick, Oliver Wallstrom, uh, you know, Scott Mayfield mm -hmm. could go on out. Ryan Pollock. Uh, who else? Maybe Otto Koivola just got called up. Uh, Hudson Fashing has been up this season. I mean, the list goes on and on. So it's kind of a matter of who haven't I seen uh, graduates versus uh, who I have, you know, it's a really cool history in Bridgeport where you know, guys like Anders Lee and, and Brock Nelson, um, again, the list goes on and on, have started there. So uh, that, that's been the re most rewarding part of my job since day one is just building relationships with guys when they're first starting out and then watch them you know, achieve their dreams and seeing mm -hmm. them light up when they get told for the first time that they're going up. And uh, I've seen quite a few guys stick and, and stay up, which is great. And it's probably pretty cool, too, because now in your case, you've also been able to have that same kind of opportunity as well. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, I can't really even put it together, you know, how quickly that's happened. Um, you know, I, I got a shot back in 2021 on New York Islanders radio to do my first uh, regular season game as far as play by play. And, you know, that that blew me away, you know, coming to a rink and having the pass and, and grabbing the microphone and looking around and just knowing that you had made it uh, was just so cool. And then, you know, now two years later to be working, you know, games for MSG networks is, uh, is even better. What's your relationship with Brendan Burke? Like, because he's the guy that's calling the games and then you step in and call it when he's not there. And when he's away on some of the national duties as well. Sure. Yeah. Brendan and I go back a long ways. I mean, I've known him for probably, I don't know, a little more than 12 years, mm -hmm. more than that. Maybe. He, um, he was my boss when I was an intern with the Peoria Rivermen of the American Hockey League. Um, mm -hmm. I had that internship when I was a sophomore in college and I went to Bradley University, which is in Peoria. So it was kind of a, a nice fit there, um, just right there in town. I could you know, have my classes during the day and then at night go work for the, the local hockey team. So um, for my sophomore year, all the way through my senior year, I had a, an internship with the Riverman. He was my boss. He was the radio play-by-play -play guy of, of Peoria at that time. So I got to know him really well from that. And I've just stayed in touch and I've uh, kind of worked with him here and there throughout the years. And, um, you know, that's kind of where my, my love of play-by-play -play really, I guess, took off. Like mm -hmm. I'd always known that, that was something that I, I thought I wanted to do, but then I really got immersed in not only play-by-play, -play, but in hockey specifically, um, and then that kind of led to my first job in the Southern Professional Hockey League, which I did for a year, kind of the, the low single A level. And, um, you know, after that, I was fortunate to get a job in the ECHL and then the American Hockey League. And 
so on and so forth. But uh, again, it, it all kind of that foundation started with uh, meeting and working with Brendan day to day. Well, Alan, let's take a look at where the Islanders are at in their season right now. Very crucial time. Uh, you know, they have that wild card spot, but there's so many teams in the East that are fighting right behind them. Um, you know, where does the team stand in terms of keeping their heads on straight every game and just not letting that pressure get to them as they get through this last month of the season? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're professional athletes. They've been through this before. So you know, I don't think pressure is really anything that factors in, but, um, they're in a good spot. I mean, they're in the second wild card spot in the East. Um, uh, you know, last night was a tough loss in LA five, two, but on one hand, you look at the opportunity they may have missed to gain some points, but by the same token, every team around them also lost. So, mm -hmm. you know, they, they didn't really lose out as far as, you know, getting passed by other teams or losing ground, everything kind of just settled and stayed how it was. So, um, that's the good news coming into a big game tonight against Anaheim. But, um, you know, the, again, the Islanders are in a good spot right now. They have 13 games left. No other team has fewer games. So a chance to rest up a little bit here down the stretch. Um, their schedule isn't as tough as it was two weeks ago. So there is opportunity there and they just have to capitalize on it. When you look at that game last night in L.A., I know the team has had a pretty strong penalty kill this season, but they did give up two power play goals on both of the opportunities that the Kings had. Um, you know, was that an area that the team was a little bit concerned about following the game? I know that the situations were a little bit strange with some of those penalties, but um, what did you think about that area with the team last night? Yeah, well, obviously that's something they want to improve on. Mm -hmm. um, Lane Lane after the game wasn't happy about special teams. You know, the power play wasn't great. Um, the third period, they had some opportunities they couldn't do much with. And, and they took some bad penalties, too. And um, so just cleaning up those penalties is really going to help, obviously. And, uh, you know, the penalty kill in general has, has been great for most of the year. It was an off night last night. A lot of things were off for the Islanders. Mm -hmm. It was just it was one of their better games. But uh, the good news for them is, you know, they have this one right away against Anaheim and a chance to bounce back. And um, Lane Lambert said after the game last night, you know, this is the point in the season where you want to flush out all those bad things, whether the habits or memories or whatnot, and just move on, just turn the page as quick as you can. So, I mean, this is, this is good as far as the schedule goes to, to get right back after it. Now, the recent trade deadline, the team was a little bit active before the actual deadline acquiring Bo Horvat. Um, what kind of impact has he had on the group so far? He's been great. He's, he's a really good hockey player, clearly uh, very smart um, does a lot of good things, not only with the puck, but away from the puck. And, uh, you know, that was an awesome get for Lou Lamorello. Obviously, they had to get give up some stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Anthony Beauvillier, Aturatu is a high uh, prospect. Um, they sent a pick to, to Vancouver as well. But, you know, like I always say, you have to give up something great in order to get something great. And they got their guy. They wanted Bo Horvat. They got him. And so, um, you know, he, he's a big piece. And not only for this season, but for now with his extension for the next eight years, along with Matt Barzell. And speaking of Barzell, he is still out with an injury. Um, you know, how has the team adjusted without him in this last, you know, bit of games? Well, they've had to, mm -hmm. they, they've had no other choice. Um, you know, they've, they move pieces around, Bo Horvat obviously, you know, helps them. Mm -hmm. He played really well with Matt Barzell. So, um, you know, he's, he's missing in a number of different ways, not only with Horvat, but, um, you know, throughout, throughout the lineup up and down. 
but uh, again, you know, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. he, he got injured. Um, you know, hopeful he'll come back at some point, but, uh, right now it's, uh, next man up. It's, it's a big opportunity for some other guys. And, you know, we've seen guys come in and, and make a difference. You know, Simon Holmstrom has been pretty good so far this year. Uh, you know, he was out last night as the Islanders got JG Pajot back, but, uh, you know, this is a good, well-rounded group. Now, looking at this matchup tonight with the Ducks and Islanders, uh, you know, they met way earlier in the season, and it's hard to really look back at those games because it was just so early in the season compared to where the teams are at now, a lot of changes. But what are you expecting to see out of this game in Anaheim? Yeah, was that still this season? It feels like that was two or three years ago. At this so point. long ago at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's... It's a good question. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the first period is a feeling out process in some ways, just because it's been so long. Um, but, you know, it's a big game for both teams, for the Islanders, for sure, who are still very much in it. Um, you know, obviously Anaheim's had a much different season, but uh, you, you can't lay down because there are no easy games in the National Hockey League. And, and yeah, the Islanders won seven to one back in October, but, um, you know, they're missing some key guys from when they won that game. Oliver Wallstrom, uh, had a couple of points that night. He's not uh, in the picture right now due to injury, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, it's it's one that the Islanders want to get off to a good start on and then even more than that, build on that because they've been able to get the first goal in three straight games and they just haven't been able to do much with it in the last two. So, um, you know, I look for the start to to be big for the Islanders, but then also just kind of, you know, wanting to build off that, pad their lead and not, uh, you know, really lay off the pedal. Alan, thank you so much for joining us here on DuckStream today. Absolutely. It's been fun. Thank you. Let's wrap things up and go to my final quack for this episode where I share my last thoughts before the end of the show. We're going to switch gears a little bit away from hockey and talk about it because it's March, which means it's March madness. So if you haven't filled out your bracket already, I suggest you do so as the games begin on Thursday this week, Thursday and Friday, the first rounds will be happening. And my Michigan State Spartans are taking on the University of Southern California Trojans. So kind of a big matchup being out here in California for me. But of course, I'm going to stick to my roots and pick Michigan State in this first round. If you fill out a bracket, tweet at me. Let me know who you're picking for your final four or maybe even in your championship. Or of course, you can tweet at DuckStream because I'm curious to know. I've already filled mine out and maybe I'll share on the next episode who I have in my winner. Thank you for listening to Light the Lamp. I am Alexis Downey. Come back again next time for more Hockey Talk right here on DuckStream. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on DuckStream.